talk about activist central banking, we're used to stewards of the economy focusing on inflation and in some instances employment, things like that. And sometimes they accused of going too far. But tackling the price of chili? That's right. Bank Indonesia has played a key role in cornering and breaking up the chili mafia, cartels controlling the price of the spice. Busting these racketeers is essential for managing basic economic life in Indonesia. Why do we care? Well, hold that question for just a moment when Carlos Salner, Bloomberg's economics reporter in Jakarta, joins us. I'm Daniel Moss, Executive Editor for Global Economics at Bloomberg New York. My co-host Scott Landman, an Economics Editor in Washington, joins us. Dan, here are a few facts about Indonesia people may or may not know. Uh, It happens to be Southeast Asia's largest economy. It's also the world's largest Muslim country. It's even the world's fourth most populous country and the world's third largest democracy. Okay, so the superlatives just keep stacking up. We know it's important. But what about Chile? How important is Chile, Indonesia? And who is this mafia? Carlos, good to have you. Enlighten us. Well, hi, guys. Um, Well, first of all, let's talk about how this came about. I was in Borneo looking into, I guess, some of the unique ways that the Indonesian Central Bank tackles inflation. And everywhere I went, I kept on hearing about what they were referring to as the Chabe Mafia. Now, Chabe translates in Indonesian into Chile. And and what they were talking about was, I guess, a shadowy group of wholesalers and middlemen who, using illegal cartel practices and collusion, had cornered the Chile market. So they were able to manipulate supply and therefore fix prices. And now Balikpapan, where I was, part of Borneo, on the east coast of Borneo, actually, it imports about 85% of all its food needs. And so to give you an idea of the impact of the chili mafia, the price of red chili shot up in Balikpapan in February to about 200,000 rupiah, or about $15 a kilogram, which was about three times the normal level. This is kind of outside the normal uh, remit of the central bank to to kind of go after a specific commodity. And let's be clear, maybe to some of our listeners, especially in America, we're not talking about the kind of chili that you eat in a dish with ground beef and maybe some cheese on top. This is chili, the spice, the actual chili peppers that are used throughout dishes. Uh, Is that right, Carlos? Yeah, that's correct. And they're used in, you know, how many dishes do people eat with with this spice in it, is that something that, you, you know, is in virtually everything that goes into someone's mouth every day there? It, it's as, as uh, actually the deputy director of the Bank Indonesia office in Balikpapan said to me, Indonesians eat chili for breakfast. So you're right. It is, it's in everything pretty much. It's on the table, uh, tables in restaurants, everywhere you go. It's in the sambal. It's in all the foods. And so it's part of the staple diet. Chili for breakfast. Do you mean in nasi lemak? In, in nasi lemak, in the sambal, as I said, it, it, which is basically the hot sauce that's served with nearly every meal, 
it's a key ingredient in nearly every recipe and, and you know look it has a major impact on the food vendors who operate what's known as the kakilimis or, or which translates into five legs and it's basically the Indonesian version of a New York food truck it's everywhere. Now having spent two years in Malaysia just across the border from Indonesia I can tell you that these chili laden breakfasts are magnificent and they definitely get your juices flowing in the morning far more than just a cup of uh, believe it or not java would do so look what else having tackled the chili mafia i mean what else is the central bank going after yeah, look, there's many examples of the unique ways that Bank Indonesia is, I guess, it's fighting inflation. That's at the core of this. Um, they have owls. Um, so they wouldn't see this as an extracurricular activity at all. This is not overreach. This is core to their mandate. It's core to their mandate, Dan, because um, in, a, in a country like Indonesia, uh, well, well, for the central bank, in fact, um, fighting inflation is actually their core responsibility. So, the, look, they use interest rates to, to as the main weapon, I guess, in doing that. But that that can be blunted by other, you know, other factors. And so, controlling inflation in a country like Indonesia, which has massive logistics uh, issues, uh, massive infrastructure deficits, uh, is essential. You know, look, the bank. For example, uh, they pay for owls, which are used in rice fields in East Java to stop rats. The rats, in, in this case, were eating into crops and, and cutting production, which again was leading to price spikes. Um, they're involved in other agricultural projects in addressing the, the, food, the, the supply side of food production in cornfields in Sumatra and seaweed farms on the island of Lombok, cattle ranches in Kupang in the east of the country. And um, backing all of this up, of course, is, uh, is the regional or are the regional control inflation control teams that pretty much leap into action when there's, there's I guess, sudden price spikes that are noticed. And, and in, in this case, it was the Chile, Chile mafia. So hold on a second here. The central bank is assisting in the placement of owls to keep away the rats that are eating the rice that's forcing the price of rice up. Yeah, I guess, I mean, look, so as we know, central banks around the world deal with macroeconomics, and I guess this is, um, this is at the granular level, isn't it? This is microeconomics right down into the, the granular level, rolling their sleeves up, getting involved in, 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 in I guess, educating people on how to, to grow crops, um, grow tomatoes, um, uh, establish chicken farms. Um, that's, that's what this bank does. It's definitely something that kinds of extracurricular activities I do not hear about in our regular coverage of the Federal Reserve or Janet Yellen's press conferences or Mario Draghi at the European Central Bank. But uh, Carlos, so if you listen to some members of Congress, they might as well be doing that. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, sometimes uh, the stories can get pretty fanciful. But anyway, Carlos, what I'm curious about is, you know, when we talk, when, when you use the term Chile mafia, you know, I wonder what are the kinds of enforcement methods that these mafias use to control the chili trade? Are they are, are dead bodies ending up at the bottom of the port of Jakarta? Are there are, are people's legs getting broken? What are the kinds of criminal methods that are being used that that the central bank with its uh, you know these kinds of tools is are trying to break? 
Um, what the Chile mafia and, and other cartels like it are doing uh, is basically just holding back supply to the market. That, um, there's been cases where uh, there's been beef mafias that have been uh, uh, subject to investigation. In fact, in 2015, there was a raid of a number of feedlots because they were holding back thousands of thousands of head of cattle, uh, which was again driving up prices. Um, you know, and the, the TPID. With the regional inflation control teams, they, they are a collection of various ministries, agricultural ministries, fisheries, um, the CAPAU, um, which is, I guess, the equivalent of the Federal Trade Commission in the US, and, and also the police. And, and um, they, they can uh, roll in on these groups and, 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 and do raids. And in this particular case, they found what the Chile, Chile Mafia was doing was uh, selling their, their supplies to big business to to producers of of uh, sauce that goes in instant noodle packets uh, and in Indonesia the law is that all the supplies of a particular produce must go to market first so everyone has a fair fair crack at it in this case they were holding it back and and then uh, you know sending it to a place like Balikpapan last when and and as I said this is a place that imports much of its food so it was really prone to and, and at the prey of the uh, prone to to something like these cartels really taking advantage of them. So it's interesting, but it's not quite rising to the level of being like the Godfather movie for the chili trade. It's more of just a, oh. you know these companies are the or these businesses are are, are holding back the supply, like you said. It's not as juicy, but yeah. I get it. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> it's not, but you know what? Perhaps they should take. A, I don't know. Well, hopefully they don't need to take a leaf out of the fisheries um, minister's book, um, uh, Susie Pugliastudi, the fisheries minister has been known to blow up Chinese fishing vessels and other fishing vessels from other countries caught illegally fishing in Indonesia. So, look, who knows what, um, these, what kind of steps these guys might take to, to enforce the law. And is there a Don Corleone-type figure at the centre of the Chile Mafia? No, look, the police told us that they gave us some initials of the people that have been arrested. And there's been arrests both in Java and in, in East um, Borneo, in, in East Kalimantan, actually on the east coast of Borneo. Um, I think six arrests. There were nine um, companies involved in, in this cartel operation. Um, but no one specifically has been outed as, as the Don Corleone, as you put it. Um, but look, um, this is a constant battle in Indonesia, trying to stay on top of of, um, of these prices. And, and, and look, just to put it into perspective, this is a this is an archipelago um, that would would stretch from New York to London. It's a it's a um, huge collection of thousands and thousands of islands. And, and the job and the task at hand is one that's um, extremely difficult for the authorities. And is this is this something that President Joko Widodo, that the leader of Indonesia, has gotten personally? involved in yeah well look he it was um, Jocko Widodo that um, in August um, 2015 ordered the investigation into the beef cartels that I mentioned previously um, you know he's been vocal in in um, ordering crackdowns on cartel behavior because he recognizes and he's a man of the people um, so to speak he recognizes that the these even small uh, changes in prices really affect um, the millions of people that in this country this huge country still live below the poverty line. So Janet Yellen, you thought your job was tough. Carlos, 
thanks so much for joining us and walking us through your reporting on the Chile Mafia and what the central bank is doing about it. No problem, guys. Great to join you. So, Scott, this really does put a whole other dimension on the challenges facing central banks. We're used to these seemingly arcane arguments about QE and about the neutral rate of interest. This is really just a whole other paradigm. Well, you think about the, you know, our coverage of central banks and we're so focused on their, you know, the policy meetings, the statements, the speeches that they give. And, uh, you know, often a criticism is that they they don't get out enough into the, you know, onto the ground level to really get their hands dirty and what's going on. Uh, you know, and that's probably going to be the case, but it is really fascinating to see uh, a central bank in a, a very large economy really getting its hands dirty like this. And I was struck by the way Carlos described this as a core part of their mandate. This is not just some financial crisis engineering where they're buying a motor company debt. This well, gets to the very, very heart of their mandate. You know, it shows that if a central bank is really serious about its mandate, it has to do more than just make the right decisions on interest rates. They they might need to go out and and uh, you know take a personal take a hammer in some way to inflation in the economy. Uh, maybe Janet Yellen could learn a lesson. You know, for the last few years, we've just seen inflation below two percent. Maybe uh, maybe they have to do something in reverse of the Chile mafia to. Uh, pump up prices in some way. That's right. Her challenge is getting it up, not cracking down on it. Benchmark will be back next week. And until then, you can find us on the Bloomberg Terminal, Bloomberg.com, our Bloomberg app, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever else you might like finding podcasts. While you're there, take a minute to rate and review the show so more listeners can find us and let us know what you thought of the show. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Scott Landman. Dan, you are at Moss underscore Eco. And our guest, Carlos Salna, is at At Carlos Salna, K-A-R-L-I-S-S-A-L-N-A. Benchmark is produced by Sarah Patterson, and the head of Bloomberg Podcasts is Alec McCabe. Thanks for listening. See you next time.